parenting. It's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back. In today's episode, I'm answering a listener question. Our listener writes, I'm totally on board with the idea of allowing space for feelings. And when I do, I see that it really helps my kids. But here's the problem. I have three kids, eight, five, and three. And I feel like we are always on our way somewhere or two kids are melting down at once. And I don't really know how to respond when I can't just stop and sit with my child. Help. Okay. So this is a problem for not just this listener, but for a lot of people. A lot of people want to know, okay, but what about when I can't just stop and sit with my child and be with the feeling for as long as the feeling needs to come out? What do I do? Okay. So I'm going to help you think about this a little bit differently. And also, you know, just to give you a little bit of peace of mind here, our kids need to learn that the world doesn't completely stop every time we have a feeling, right? That doesn't mean we have to stop feeling it. That doesn't mean we need to push it down or hide it from people. That doesn't mean we can't share it, right? It just means that sometimes, even when we have a feeling, we have things we need to do and places we need to be. And there are other people who have needs at the same time as us all the time. And sometimes those other needs are going to come first, right? You can't perfectly meet everybody's needs all the time. That's just not reality, right? So these are important life lessons for our kids. And there are ways that we can respond to still meet the need of allowing space for the feeling while also getting where we need to go and tending to any other kids that we have. So the first concept that I'm going to introduce to you is something that I call shepherding through. And this is exactly what it sounds like. Imagine yourself as the gentle shepherd, shepherding your little sheep to wherever they need to go, right? Because sometimes it's not just about where we need to be. Sometimes it's also, I get this question all the time too, about bedtime. It's bedtime and my child is melting down and I have the sense that they're just really tired and we just kind of need to get through the bedtime routine because what they really need is sleep. So how do I allow space for the feelings and also get them through the bedtime routine, right? So I've been there so many times. I'll be there again. This is really common with toddlers and young, younger kids, preschoolers, toddlers. Doesn't mean it can't happen with older kids too, but I In my own lived experience, it was a really common thing during toddlerhood. And when my kids were in preschool, that sometimes at bedtime, they would just get really, really tired and a little stuck, right? So shepherding through is us helping them, right? To quote Circle of Security Parenting again, we are bigger, stronger, wiser, and kind. And so we know that it's time to move towards bedtime. We know we have an appointment we need to get to. And we need to just get through the thing, but we also are kind and loving and we're going to hold space for those feelings, right? And we're bigger and stronger so we can help our kids in these moments. So let's say, let's go with the bedtime example, because this is one that when my kids were like 
two, three years old, this was something that would happen a lot if they were particularly tired at bedtime. Now, if this is every night, maybe we want to move bedtime 15 minutes earlier, right? But if it's just once in a while and your child is really just tired on these days, you might see bedtime meltdowns and that's okay, right? So let's say that your child is melting down. They're just refusing to go up the stairs and they're crying. And you can say, oh, I see that this is really hard right now. You're so disappointed that you can't keep playing. I really get that. You were having so much fun. It's so hard to stop playing and go to bed. I hear you. Do you want, and this is where we can empower them with a structured choice, right? Structured choice is just when we give them two options, both of which are totally okay by us, both of which totally work with whatever we need to get done, both of which are safe, and we empower them to feel the power of choice in that moment, right? This is especially great with toddlers because they are learning to assert themselves and to have opinions and make choices, right? And so you can say, so it's time to go up the stairs. Do you want to hop like a frog or do you want me to carry you, right? You can introduce a little levity with the hop like a frog or do you want to hop like a frog or crawl like a cat? Do you want to walk or do you want me to carry you? Do you want to go now or in one minute, right? This gives your child some freedom to make a choice, to feel a little bit of power and influence when we have an agenda that needs to be met, right? And so oftentimes your child will choose, okay, I'm going to hop like a frog or carry me or in one minute. But if your child is stuck and they're still crying and nothing is helping, this is one of those moments where you're going to use shepherding through. You're going to say to your child, I see it is so hard to go upstairs that even these choices don't feel right. Nothing feels right right now. You just don't want to go to bed. I so get that. So I'm going to help you because I can see that it's hard. I'm going to pick you up now, right? And you're going to pick up your child and your child is not going to like this. Your child is going to protest and you are going to hold space for that protest as you firmly but lovingly hold your child as you walk up the stairs, right? So you're making sure that your child is safe and you're also saying, I know, I know you really don't want to be going up the stairs right now. I so understand that. It's so hard. You don't want to stop playing and go to bed. I really get that, right? As you're walking up the stairs and then you're going to stop in your child's room and you're going to have another choice point, right? Hmm. It's time now to get in the bath and brush our teeth. Do you want to take a bath first or do you want to brush your teeth first? Do you want the sparkly toothpaste or the watermelon toothpaste? Do you want to play with this bath toy or that bath toy? Do you want to have a quick bath or a play bath, right? So these are all choices you can give your child. Again, if we're stuck, this is where we can shepherd through. Again, you say, I see this is so hard right now. I really get that. It feels too hard to choose. Let's take a bath first. Let's go to the bathroom. I'm going to help you. You pick your child up, you run the bath water. And at each point, you can offer structured choices. You can empower your child to make a choice that feels good. If 
your child doesn't take a bath every night, or if they really are not dirty and you don't need to make the bath happen, you can give a little bit of leeway there. For my kids, we take a bath every night, not because they're so dirty, but often because it is such a calming sensory experience. So sometimes for me, I will start the bath and get my child in the bath because that in and of itself is calming and relaxing and helps get them ready for sleep. So you have to feel that out, right? Don't force the bath if you don't need to. And it's not something that you always do and it's not helpful, but if it's something that you know will probably help your child or they need it, you can shepherd them through the bath. And again, your child might be protesting this entire time. Keep giving choices, slow down where you can. The key here is for you to stay calm. If you get angry and you get aggressive and you get, you know, picking your child up in a punitive and angry way, that feels really scary to kids and that's not helpful or safe, right? So you've got to stay calm in order for shepherding through to really be shepherding through, okay? So you're going to shepherd them through the whole routine. And for my kids at bedtime in particular, a lot of times once we would get through the routine and we would get to the books or whatever part they really looked forward to, that was something that felt really good. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, we got through all that other stuff and they would relax into it. Most often my kids needed sleep. Okay. So that's the concept of shepherding through. How do we apply that to say when we have somewhere we have to be? Your child, you have to be at an appointment and maybe your other kids are in the car and your child is melting down, right? Maybe again, they didn't want to stop playing and you have to get them in the car, but you want to allow space for their feelings. Well, again, where you can slow down, slow down, right? If you have a minute and you, you, you know, allowed yourself a little bit of padding, give a minute, right? Most of the time I would argue we have one minute. We often don't have five minutes, but maybe we have one. And this is where you can say, this is so hard. This feels so, so hard. You don't want to get in the car at all. You didn't want to stop playing. And now I have this doctor's appointment we have to go to. And that feels so bad right now. You don't want to go. I get it. Really get it. Do you want to come with me now or in one minute? Right. Or you can say, some of the things that I shared before, do you want to hop like a frog or crawl like a cat? Do you want me to carry you? Do you want to walk? If your child is so stuck that they can't do any of those things, then this is where you shepherd through. I really get that. You're so upset. You don't want to get in the car. I hear you. We really have to go. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to pick you up. Okay. And your child isn't going to like it. You're going to pick them up. You're going to carry them to the car. At that point, you can give another structured choice. Do you want to crawl into the car seat yourself or do you want me to help? Do you want to climb like a mountain lion or do you want to climb like a ninja, right? However, you need to set that up for your child. You know your child best. Offer things that you think they would think are fun, right? But if your child is still stuck, this is where you can say, I know, I know you don't want to get in the car. I hear you and you have to be in the car seat to stay safe. So I'm going to help you, right? I'm going to pick you up. now. Again, the key here is for you to stay calm because if you are dysregulated, then this is traumatic for kids. They are being wrestled angrily into a car seat that is forceful and aggressive and not okay. So if you are not calm, take some deep breaths, take a minute. It's hard. I know I've been there. I've buckled a kid into the car when I was angry. That's not, I I regret that. I regret doing that, right? It's not something that feels safe to kids or to us, I would argue. I would argue that we're also in fight or flight in that moment. Like, I've got to go. Why aren't you getting into the car seat? And it feels really 
icky for everybody. Okay, so you've got to stay calm, but I think it's easier to stay calm when you know that what you're doing is the right thing. When you feel empowered to know that, yes, it's okay to pick your child up even if they don't like it. It's okay sometimes, right? That's not to say that that needs to be our MO, that we just force our kids to do everything and bulldoze our way through parenting. That's not what this is, right? This is shepherding. This is helping kids in these stuck moments move forward when we know we have to, right? And this is gentle and it's loving, right? And it's empowering to the extent that we can be. So this is not the same thing as just making your kids do whatever you want. This is a loving shepherding. Okay. And it's really important to see it that way. But I think when you do, it's easier to stay calm. At least it is for me, right? I know that for me, when I know I'm helping my child with their feelings and also getting us to where we need to go and that that's okay. And that that's what I should be doing in this moment as a parent, it feels a lot easier to stay calm and regulated, right? So you're taking your child, you're picking them up, you're putting them in the car seat. They're probably kicking and screaming. And you're saying, I know, I know you really don't want to be in this car seat right now. I so understand that. It feels so bad to have to get in this car seat. You wanted to play. I hear you. And you're saying that as you're buckling them. Okay. And you can take deep breaths to stay calm. You can model that. You can say, oh, when I feel this bad, I take some deep breaths. Want to take some deep breaths? I'm going to do that. You don't expect them to do it with you, but you can take those deep breaths and just validate, validate, validate. Not, I know you don't want to get in the car seat, but we really have to go. It's not that, right? There's no but. Drop the but. I know you really don't want to get in the car seat. The butt is implied. You are putting them in that car seat, right? You do have to go and that's going to happen. But you are just validating the experience that feels so uncomfortable to your child right now, right? Most of the time for me, when I would get my kids buckled in, they might cry for a few more minutes. Once they were buckled, I would put my hand on their chest and I would say, this felt so bad. I know I'm here. Would you like a toy to hold in the car seat? Right. And then I would say, I'm just going to be up front and I'm here to listen if you want to talk about it. Right. So I'm not shutting them off. I'm not abandoning them. I'm getting up front and I'm inviting them to keep sharing the feelings. And sometimes my kids would the whole way to where we were going. And sometimes they would, that would be enough. And they would have expressed what they needed to. And they are ready to move forward. Right. That's not up to you, whether your child feels ready to be done feeling whatever they're feeling. Right. And it's not a measure of your parenting and it's not a measure of how well your child's doing, right? They might just need to express that feeling for a little bit longer and you can continue to be with that feeling even while you're driving, okay? Okay, if you've been thinking about downloading the Complete Guide to Meltdowns, consider this your sign. Go to raiseresilient.com slash grow today and download your copy for free. Y'all, this guide has everything you need to show up confidently during your child's meltdowns. And it's going away soon. And I have some really exciting news about why it's going away and what's coming in its place. But for now, go grab your copy while you still can. So that's what shepherding through looks like. You do not have to stop the world when you have somewhere you need to be. I've mentioned before on the way to school, right? If I stopped the world every time my four-year-old said, I don't want to go to school this morning, we would be late every morning. So I don't do that. We just move through the routine and I shepherd where I need to. And at this point now, it's enough of a routine. There's not a whole lot of shepherding. It's mostly just him expressing feelings and willingly doing the things with me, right? It's routine enough that he knows this is what we need to do. 
and this is what we do. And I'm allowed to express these feelings and share them with my mom as much as I need to. And I'm going to get in the car and we're going to go to school and it's going to be fine. Like he's done it enough to know, but that's because in the beginning when he wasn't so sure, I did exactly what I'm describing here. I shepherded him through the process where he needed that. Right. And again, the really important part about offering structured choices where you can stopping and taking a minute to be with the feelings where you can checking in with yourself to make sure that you're really validating and not saying, I know you feel this, but here's the reality, right? That reality piece is implied. As long as you're doing all of those things, your child is going to feel safe and seen, and they're going to be safe to continue to express that feeling. Remember, expressing feelings is not a negative thing. So if your child is expressing feelings about getting in the car seat, that's okay. You're not going to not put them in the car seat and drive the car, right? That's not safe. And you're also not going to have to just stay stuck and miss every appointment either, right? That's not what this is about. I want to empower you as a parent. You have the ability to shepherd your kids through in these moments, right? Um, I had a question from somebody about what about when your kid gets in the car and refuses to get in their car seat? Okay, well, this is a time where if you can First, offer a structured choice. Speak to the struggle. Speak to how much they really don't want to get in. Speak to they want to be in the back. Make it playful. Do all of those things. And if you get to the point where you need to get them and you can physically get to them, you can shepherd them through. You can say, I see that you're in the way back seat. You wish you could sit back there or you don't want me to drive. You're hiding because you so don't want to go where we're going. I really understand that. You really don't want to go. I'm going to help you, right? If you can get to your child, right? So that's how you would handle that. So now how do we handle it when we have multiple kids melting down at the same time? This is really common with sibling struggles, right? Like when they're having conflict. And so sometimes I will just walk into the room and go, oh, there are so many feelings in here. I really hear you. I get that right? And I'll just speak to the fact that both kids are struggling or all the kids are struggling, right? What if it's not a sibling conflict? What if, because I'm going to talk a lot, I've I've alluded to that before. I'm going to talk a lot about that specifically, but what if it's not a sibling conflict? What if it's just, you've got a child having a meltdown and then the baby spits up or needs a diaper change or needs fed or You've got a kid who is telling you they don't like something and then another child falls and gets hurt. How do you handle that? Okay. Well, safety issues need to be met first, right? So if you've got a kid who fell and is bleeding, you're going to tend to that child. But what you're going to say to the child who's melting down about whatever, right? Maybe melting down because you're not giving them the snack that they want. You're going to say to that child, your brother just fell and got hurt and I need to give him a Band-Aid, but I really get that you are still so upset and I'm still here to listen. If you want to come with me, you can come and sit next to me and tell me how you're feeling, right? If they won't, you can say, well, I will be right back. I want to hear about it. I'm here for you. I know this is hard and I'm going to go put a bandaid on your brother's knee and I will be right back, right? So you go and you do the thing, right? I know that you really didn't like this and you really don't like that. Now I have to go change the baby's diaper too. That stinks. It feels so hard when you're having a feeling and now I've got to walk over here and change the baby's diaper. I really get to speak to the struggle, right? And let your child know that they are free to come with you and keep sharing that feeling or that you'll be back in just a minute if not, right? So we speak to the fact that we care, that we get it, that we know this is hard 
and that we are going to be right back, right? That happens to me all the time with three kids. It is a very real thing that I've got multiple kids with multiple feelings with conflicting needs all the time. And I just want you to think about that in your own relationships, right? Think about in your partnership, if you have one, do you ever have conflicting needs with your partner? I would argue that probably a lot of the time you do. So how do you navigate that, right? Well, you navigate that by sometimes your needs get met first and sometimes your partner's needs get met first. You collaborate around how to make it all work and you go forward. And if something doesn't work, you can pull back and try something different, right? So I want you to think about the word collaboration more so than compromise, right? Because compromise doesn't feel good for anybody, but collaboration around how do we get the needs met for everybody? This is a conversation that I would argue you can and should be having with your kids in calm moments, right? Living in a family with a lot of people, it can be hard. I had this conversation with my kids literally this morning. We were on our way of solo parenting. My partner's across the country on a business trip and I was solo parenting and it was kind of stressful to get out the door for preschool. And I don't want my kids to grow up in this hurry, hurry, hurry world where it's always, ah, we're, we're going to be late. Like, I don't want that for them. So I said in the car, I first, I repaired, I said, you know, I'm sorry. I sounded frazzled. I don't want you to feel like getting out the door is always this stressful thing. And then I said, you know, with five people in this family, there's going to be times where it's going to be hard for everybody's needs to get met. And we do have places we have to be and it's, it's challenging. And I asked my kids, I said, how do you think we should handle it? And my seven-year-old said, well, I think we have to work together. And I was like, yeah, now we've had this conversation before. Um, but he also blows my mind regularly with things that he says. So, you know, both and, but he, he said, yeah, we got to work together. I said, yeah, we do. And then I asked them, I said, what do you think that looks like? And actually my four-year-old offered, well, I could get my shoes on before I play with my toy. Right. Cause he had been playing with a toy instead of getting his shoes on. So this is something that they offered to me that we had a collaborative conversation around when things were calm, when we were just riding to school and everybody's everybody was calm and where they needed to be versus in the moment me saying, Oh my gosh, just put your shoes on before you play with the toy. Right. Which is what I felt like saying, but that's not effective. All that does is add to the stress of the moment. Right. So talk with your kids in calm moments about how people have conflicting needs. When you have a conflict with your partner, talk to the kids about, you know what? Mommy wanted this and I wanted this. Right. And it just, didn't work for both of us to do that in that moment. So we had to work it out, right? This is going to set the stage for all of their future relationships. It is a reality of life. And so when you have to tend to one child and not to the other, or you have to stop tending to one child to go be with another, this is part of that working it out. This is part of that. We all have conflicting needs all the time. And how do we work together to meet the most people's needs most of the time, right? It's not, I wish I had a very clear cut. This is what you do every time, but I don't think it's that simple. I think you have to feel through each moment, what feels right, which child is a priority because of safety. How can you sort of speak to everyone's feelings, even if you are physically changing a diaper, right? So it's not, it's more of a, an art than a science as is most of parenting, but in general, 
there are absolutely ways to support multiple needs at the same time or speak to them, even if we're not meeting everybody's needs right in that moment, right? To the listener who wrote in, thank you so much. I hope that helps answer your question. And again, if you have questions that you want me to answer on the podcast, you can go to raisedresilient.com slash questions. And there's a form that you can fill out and just let me know what's going on. It's helpful um, to share just a little context, but you will be anonymous, right? And um, just share your question. I'd love to answer it. Thanks for listening. And I will catch you next time. If your child's meltdowns are stressing you out, I've got you. My complete guide to meltdowns will walk you through exactly what's going on and how to help so that next time your child melts down, you can feel confident. Download your copy today for free at raiseresilient.com slash grow. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share this episode and leave a review. Let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we've got this.